0: Wait something we just got tired of doing what you told us to do That's a freak, boy, yeah That's a freak, little man Break it down D-Generation fam, what is up? What is happening? Week 12 is upon us we're coming down the home stretch, guys. We are only a couple weeks away from playoffs. We got fantasy playoffs, I know that are right around the corner there, with people vying in and trying to get their waiver wire pickups and use the rest of their fab before the year is up. But we're here talking DFS, and we're trying to get our bucks up and, and stack up that uh, stack up that bankroll. I'm your host Ryan Williams. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan Alexander underscore w and i'm joined as always by my co-host kevin Steele at fantasy wrath 13 it's the Nation pod kev talk to the people how you feeling
1: doing good doing good a little uh a little stuffed up from uh a little cold but other than that i can gonna let it hold me down i have to be dead not to do the podcast so you know uh last week was pretty solid for me um uh, i think i four um so that that worked out and uh nice. yeah i'm ready for this week you know we're we're uh, a week away from the uh, the the glorious Thanksgiving slate, um, so oh. I'm excited for that. And, uh, like we said last week, we're going to have Maddie and uh, Derek back uh, back on for that. So we will have a four man pod for the special Thanksgiving breakdown. We'll do that on Tuesday night, and so that that should be that should be good.
0: Yeah, that's it. that's going to be a fun one and great for you guys who who are loyal listeners of the podcast and and we we much appreciate you guys. It's it's a time of thanks and so you're going to be getting two podcasts from the DFS DJ Nation uh, that week. We'll do the Thanksgiving slate first and then we'll roll out uh, later on in the week as uh, we have that holiday there on our usual recording day. Um, so that'll come later, but we will still do a main slate breakdown, Kevin and myself. So. Uh, two two pods in one week. It's going to be fun for week thirteen there. But we got week twelve. We got week twelve here, Kev. And uh, you know, we we got a slate that is really going to. We're we're going to need to dive into this one and kind of talk about it because there's not too much um, that looks appealing just on the on the early look and on the overview here. Um, we got eleven games, I believe, on this main slate. Only one that has an over under. Uh, over 47 point total. Um, And that would be Tampa Bay and Atlanta. So we got a couple who are right around that mark, but then a lot of these games are going to be like under 44 points uh, is what Vegas is telling us. So, um, you know, usually we're trying to pinpoint these kind of games, quote unquote, to target. And there's not a lot that jumps out on the page at first look. So, as we dive into this, uh, you know how we do it here at the DJ Nation. And if you don't, well, welcome in. We are uh, doing all of our stuff on DraftKings. We're looking at pricing and we're starting out at the quarterback position. So as we get to that, we want to see kind of. What what's presenting itself? We got Russell Wilson at the top at 6,800. Then we got Matt Ryan at 6,700, who looks to be in a great spot against Tampa Bay, who's given up a ton of points to the quarterback position. It's pretty much target your quarterbacks, uh, target quarterbacks against them every week. And Matt Ryan, we we've we talked on this spot before, Kev. He's Good to hit that 300-yard bonus on DK. He comes back last week and is able to do that in a bounce-back spot. Only one touchdown, but, you know, still getting that 19 DK points. I think he's a very safe play. I think he'll be a popular cash play this week. Um, And so Matt Ryan's definitely in the conversation. Uh, Drew Brees is third going against Carolina. That's a tough defense. And uh, Drew Brees is, you know, has been struggling, I guess, for what we're used to seeing from him. But all that being said, Kev, this is still Drew Brees. He's getting a home matchup here um, and should be in a prime spot to put up some points um, as we got Christian McCaffrey on the other side who's been doing so himself. So the Saints might be in a position where they need to throw. Um, We talked before the podcast, uh, Jameis Winston, he comes in at 6,200 Uh, I think he's a a great tournament play. I know you want to talk about him, so I I won't steal your thunder, but we've just alluded to it every week. The guy is not perfect, so he's going to turn the ball over. It's just a fact. Uh, He's going to make mistakes, but he's going to be throwing a lot, and if Atlanta can get up, you know, can get up in this game and we're expecting him to throw, you know, we've talked about Jameis having a narrow distribution of targets with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin pretty much carrying people's fantasy teams and DFS teams all season long. They both find themselves in good spots. Once again, the Atlanta side looks good. So that should be a bonanza shootout there. As our friend of the podcast, Ben Cummins used to always say, and Jameis Winston's fully in play. Uh, a guy I was looking at was was Baker Mayfield. Kev, I'm not sure if you'll talk about him, but he he's kind of, you know, I don't want to say hitting his stride, but he's been decent. Um, he's priced up a little bit than we're used to seeing him. Uh, so it comes in at fifty nine hundred now, but he's going against Miami. We just saw what what Josh Allen was able to do uh, against this Miami team and, and hit some hit John Brown deep twice. Uh, John Brown was the guy I know you were on last week and, and this shapes up good for, you know, Odell on the other side, who's, who's priced pretty nicely. Even the guy like Jarvis Landry. Uh, so I think Baker has enough pieces there to kind of be viable in some tournaments. And then Carson Wentz, uh Kev, I mean, what it comes down to for me is that like Carson's going to throw the ball. He's got 79 attempts in his past two games. the The DK points don't look all too appealing, but if we're expecting, you know, Seattle has been putting up points um, in in bunches in a couple of these games, and we know they do like to try and establish the run. But Philly's been a stout run team, so Russell might be forced to put the team on his back and put up points through the air. Um, and I just, I just like a couple Philly pieces in the spot at Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. I think both are in play. We'll talk about Miles Sanders at running back. I think he's in play. So this game could kind of is one of the games I'm trying to see if I can project this as a sneaky shootout. Um, and, you know, with, with Seattle putting up, you know, around 20 points, uh, 30 points or so, you, we're definitely going to be relying on Carson Wentz and he's 5,600. So he seems like an ideal spot uh, to target um and I, I won't talk about Trubisky this week uh I've seen some people talking about him and going against this Giants defense that is is attackable bypass but it's just so hard to trust right now that I I can't do it this guy was benched uh at the end of the game against the Rams and so he's hard to trust but you know I could talk about a guy like Nick Foles who comes back from injury, throws for 47 times, hits two touchdowns to DJ and barely misses that 300-yard bonus there on DK. Now, Tennessee, this is a road matchup, and Tennessee is a good defense, and they do like to control the clock. But I think there's some ways where you could talk me into, you know, maybe doing a Nick Foles and – And D.J. Chark or or D.D. Rustbrook or both. And then running back with Derrick Henry, if that's how Tennessee is getting their points or something like that. So so Nick Foles is a guy that I like to target in tournaments. Kev, where are you at? Where are you finding yourself early on this week at quarterback and who would you say are your top options right now on the slate?
1: Well, I think this is an interesting slate to start with in terms of quarterback play. Like, I I do think starting out, like I, I do think Carson Wentz is. I'm not sure why he's only 5600. I know they're missing some of the they're hurting at the wide receiver position. We'll have to see what's going to happen with players like Alshon this week. Um, but overall, like like Seattle's definitely been beatable through the air. We've seen it. We've seen a lot of shootouts, um, even in Seattle. Uh, you know you. You know, games that remind you know, that come to mind are like week one where Cincinnati and how bad that offense has been, but that was with Andy Dalton and where Andy Dalton threw over four hundred yards on them. We saw Jameis Winston have a big week against them. There's a lot of quarterbacks that have been able to have big games against them. So Really, I mean, looking at Carson Wentz at 5600, like I think that is a terrific. If you want to pay down, you know, in previous weeks we really haven't had a lot of options to pay down at, and so it was like last week was one of those weeks where, you know, if, I mean, only ways you could have went were really were like Kyle Allen who. You know, it was a bit it was kind of a trap. Fifty two hundred, or was last week, but like this week, like you have Carson Wentz. I think you could you could play. Sam Darnold is in a fantastic spot at fifty eight hundred, going against the Raiders, where they're secondary that's certainly beatable. Um, where you know, even Sam Darnold, you know, the last couple of weeks has really started to, um, you know, he has exercised his demons, and it does not look appear that he is uh, seeing ghosts anymore. And uh, oh. yeah, the last two weeks, you know, he. Two weeks ago, he put up 21.7. Last week, he put up 26.4. So, I mean, I think he's another way you can go to pay down a quarterback. If you're wanting to pay up, you know, like you sort of mentioned about – about Jameis Winston, uh, you know, this game, I think that I think you see some suppressed ownership come in on the Tampa Bay side because of how well Atlanta's defense has played the last two weeks. But I think there's some of that, like Kyle Allen looked like trash before that game and does not look like the player that everybody thought he was. And so, like, I don't put a lot of stock into that. Yes, they were able to shut down. um and really bottle up the Saints. But at the same time, like that they were coming off a buy. They had, you know, two weeks to prepare for them. It you know, rival game. So to me, like I, I don't put as much stock in as I think other people are going to. And I think people are gonna overweight, you know, what they what they think about that and so for me, like I think Jameis Winston is perfectly fine if he's going to have low ownership at sixty two hundred, right. where you can easily pair him with a player like Mike Evans inside the dome or Chris Godwin, where you know we know it's you know a really strict target share that, that goes around. Like yeah, you can absolutely play Jameis Winston, and if I find you know if I if, if by the you know come sat Sunday or Saturday when I'm building lineups and I see that ownership is still suppressed, I'm going to have a lot. Of Jameis Winston, uh, because I just think that he can smash that price at 6,200 and you know easily be the highest scoring quarterback on the slate. Um, and then past that, I I like guys that I want no part of. Like I'm not playing Josh Allen. Denver brought the Denver defense has truly been elite this year. They have, really have been solid. They're I believe number five and past DVOA and they're number one and rush DVOA. Like. I, I just don't think you could play Josh Allen at 64. And yes, he, he does have some upside with his legs, but he's not a Lamar Jackson where he's going to go out and give you 100 rushing yards, I don't think. So uh, I'm not playing him. But, you know, the other one you could go to, I guess, would be would be Russell Wilson at 6,800. Philly typically has a very, you know, um, they're a, yeah. or a pass-funnel defense. So if you wanted to pay up and get a little different, I think playing Russ at 6,800 is perfectly fine. Tyler title should be back. Um, and for, for this week, after them coming off the bye, that if you or DK half, and also Josh Gordon, so he's going to have all of his weapons to go along with Hollister. So, yeah, 6,800 Russ is definitely another way you could go.
0: Yeah, I mean, Russ is, Russ is always in play just for the upside that he has. Um, it's it, it just goes without saying. Um, Tom Brady burned a, a couple people last week, Kev. He, he's come out and talked about, um, He just, you know, not maybe the age is catching up to him and he's not feeling right. Uh, Did have 47 attempts last week. So we did like that. But the game was just so ugly against Philly. Do you kind of project that same thing happening here in a home matchup against Dallas? Will he be able to find any rhythm here going against a team that really, you know, kind of keeps wide receivers contained? So, you know, I'm I'm not sure I can I can go there, but it, it is Tom Brady. It is the Patriots they they could find ways to score. Is there any backdoor way where you see Tom Brady kind of paying off on the slate?
1: It's really tough, especially with the injuries that they have now. I mean, Muhammad Sanu sounds like he could miss actually a couple of weeks, which is a big problem. You know, um, I think that, and then after that, I mean, you have, you know, I think Philip Dorsett may miss. I mean, so I mean, you really can be looking at basically James White and right. Julian Edelman. And then, I mean, they do, do have Nikhil Harry now. They brought him back. So I think that you know that could be a sneaky way to go, but I, I think it's really t- t- tough to trust Brady. I feel like this is another game where they're going to try to tr- lean on their defense and try to run the ball against Dallas, where we know Dallas can be run upon. I mean, we saw like you know a few weeks ago what Aaron Jones did to that defense, and so with this being at home, like I, I just don't think you could go there, and like, I don't think you need to. But I mean, if you wanted to get super contrarian on a player that who's going to really have no ownership, I think would be. W- w- I mean, what are your thoughts on Dak? Um, Dak has been just a monster this year. Mm-hmm. 6K. He has put up at least 20 DraftKings points every week since week six, and he's went against some decent matchups. I guess. I mean, if you look at like you know Minnesota, he was still able to put up 30 DraftKings points on. But I think this is definitely their biggest test they've had all year against you know a true, uh, a really elite defense. But right. I don't know, like Dak Prescott's not going to have any ownership. I think he's probably going to be sub 5% owned. And, you know, I, I think that he's somebody that, that could get on top of this, especially if New England's able to come out and get on top early.
0: Yeah, I, I don't mind that, uh, Kev, especially in, in big field tournaments. This is an MVP, uh, you know, solidifying game for Dak. If Dak can go into Foxborough and, and put, a, put a beating on this New England defense that pretty much has only had one struggle spot all season. um, Then, you know, I I could, I could definitely find that. I mean, Zeke Zeke is not at this point in time. He won't find his way into many, if at all, any of my rosters, Um, even though he's 7,500. And I I just love that price for him. It's just so hard. Belichick is just going to take him out of the game. I feel like and force Dak to throw. So we do like that from the DFS standpoint. It's just, you know, is he going to be able to connect with Cooper or or Gallup on some of these deep plays? Because um, it is going to be he, they are going to need to, you know, kind of scheme some big deep shot plays to kind of break this open. If they're going to try and just chip and, and dink away, I don't think it's going to. I don't think that's going to amount to anything for them. So I could definitely play Dak and get behind that um, with Amari Cooper seemingly healthy um, and back again. So that that it definitely will be a, a fun game to to kind of keep tabs on and watch. And that is, you know, a later later slate there. But looks like there's some weather concerns there in New England. So we'll have to monitor that as well, too.
1: Yeah. Uh, the other one I wanted to talk about, I completely forgot to, to mention, is Jeff Driscoll. And, I mean, he's really surprised me so far. I mean, I I did not expect this from him, but, um, you know, he's, he's only 5,500. They're going against Washington. Uh, yeah. I mean, he, he's faced, you know, Chicago and Dallas the last two weeks, and he's put up 19 and then 27 points. Four six DK points the last two weeks. He's had at least thirty rushing yards in both games. He had thirty seven and then fifty one. So I mean, you're getting all that with him being able to use his legs as well. So I mean, at fifty five hundred, it's hard not to have some interest in him. I played, I played, I think about fifteen percent of him last week, and it really paid off. You know, at at his price tag. So you know, I, I think you know if he continues to do this, I mean, we're going to see him, uh, you know, fly up the, uh, the salary. And so right now at 5,500, if you're wanting to pay down, like, I think this is another place you can go to where I think you might see more ownership on, on a, on a couple of these other guys that are kind of uh, similar in, in price tag to him. But I do think, you know, with him being able to, you know, pick up yards on the ground, I think that kind of separates him from some of these other plays. Like it's crazy that you have to even have a conversation about Carson Wentz or Jeff Driscoll. And uh, but here we are <laughs> in week twelve. But yeah, I mean I if he he's he's been great so far. And you know, with the weapons they have with Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, it seems like Marvin Jones he has much more of a connection with than Kenny Galladay. But um yeah. you know with the weapons they have there, it, it's hard not to like Jeff Driscoll.
0: No, I yeah, I mean he he's definitely been showing out for you, Kev. Um, on the other side of the ball, you have Dwayne Haskins there who who's pretty much been a train wreck to to kind of start his his season or his career off, I should say as a rookie, but you know, against the Jets there, it, he was able later on when the game was getting out of hand, you know, put up put up a couple scores there, um, found his way to 18 DK points and and this Detroit defense is one that we've targeted um as well can you uh, justify building some Ross lineups uh with Dwayne Haskins this week or is that getting a little bit too cute
1: yeah i mean that's, that that one's tough because he's just been i mean he's been awful so far i mean don't get me wrong the lions have been terrible against against opposing quarterbacks I and mean, they've given up the fourth most dk points on the season they've given up 22 passing touchdowns 3000 uh you know passing yards and they've haven't really been able to turn the ball over they only have three picks on the season so I don't know. It's tough to play him, you know, if you're going to. I mean, I, I mean, you get a really low-owned stock and probably him and Terry McLaurin, you know, and, or even Darius Geis, for that matter, if you wanted to, to, to go that route. But I, yeah. I don't know. Like, he's just been such a train wreck um, to even think about playing him. And then I think that, you know, if you look at... Uh, so, I mean, th- I think there's a few other options that are kind of similar in price tag that, you know, if you just wanted to do it, you could go there, you know. I, I don't know. It it's, it's just seems really... I mean, you could do it if you want, and you know we've we've seen guys, uh, all all types of players. You know, I mean, yeah, you know we've seen Ryan Fitzpatrick last year win somebody a, a million bucks, so anything's possible.
0: No, I mean, yeah, absolutely. He's he's going to be out there. You know, we, you know, Detroit puts up points. I think he'll find himself in a position again to be forced to throw. Um, it's just you don't know what's going to happen on the other than in there, and he's you know kind of a poor man's Jameis Winston um we have yet to see him, but you know it, him, him and terry have a have a connection there and he, he you know maybe maybe he is able to catch us catch his stride here against a, a defense that's not as formidable as the ones he's been facing uh kev is there any final final thoughts you have on quarterback before we move on to running back
1: well let's let's narrow it down uh who who are your top three plays for tournaments
0: uh for tournaments for me right now i think it'll probably be baker uh maybe Wentz with some stacks, and, and then pro- probably Jameis just because of Russell's price, but I do still like Russell. But I'm, an, I'm probably starting off with those three and seeing what I can do.
1: Yeah, Um. for me for me, it's definitely Winston, and then probably Sam Darnold, and probably go Driscoll, even though I think you can definitely make a case for Carson Wentz or Matt Ryan as well. Mm-hmm. Or even mm-hmm. Derek Carr, for that matter. We didn't even talk about him going against the Jets, who were horrific. So, yeah, there's a lot of good quarterback plays this week.
0: Yeah, def- definitely some ways to start, but make sure your lineups are kind of dictating dictating that and telling a story and, and not random all over the place. Um, you're being smart with your builds if you are, you know, depending on what quarterback you are taking. Um, let's let's move on to running back, Kevin. Christian McCaffrey is at the top – as at the top again uh, with the 10, five price tag still has not changed going against New Orleans, who is uh, better against the run. But as we've seen, you know, it doesn't matter who Christian McCaffrey is going against the, the dude's going to put up points. I mean, he's got 30 points pretty much in four straight games now. Um, and really has just been on a tear all season and draft Kings won't price him up, even though he's still putting up points. So I, I still, like getting to Christian McCaffrey. Uh, But running back's interesting because we have guys in good spots, I feel like, in the mid-tier range, and we really haven't been targeting the mid-tier. I shouldn't say we. Um, It it hasn't been talked about enough, I feel like, to target the mid-tier because we've had some low-end running backs kind of dictate the slate, and then people have been able to get to McCaffrey. Um, We don't really have that this week, um, I mean, people are gonna ask about Darius Geis. I I think he's in play. Um, Chris Thompson comes back. He's thirty eight hundred. Sure, you could play him. He's not a lock button by any means. Uh, Pittsburgh backfield is is all muddled. We don't know where to go right then. Sony Michelle is forty six hundred. I I mean, maybe uh he's been atrocious the past couple of weeks, but. You know it's Belichick, and anything could happen. So as long as the dude still has a pulse, I think he's you know always in play in tournaments. You got Tariq Cohen at 4800, who had a pretty nice game against the Rams there, even with Montgomery being back. So two weeks in a row, he's had uh, over 13 DK points. So these these guys are viable, and and Miles Sanders, I touched on who I love, um, and Carson Wentz builds. They're they're viable, but they're no they're nowhere near like lock and Plug and play these guys as we've seen before. So in the mid-tier range, who I'm liking, it, you know, it starts off with even Kamara and Nick Chubb who come in at the second and third highest price running backs. Um, Kamara here is in a great spot. Um, he his floor is just so safe, and I think he definitely has upside in this matchup. It is, you know, this is not a a, a team, the Carolina that you do want to necessarily run on, but you can, you know, can have. Um, you can't attack them there. And we got James Bradbury on the other side. So that could affect Michael Thomas, open up more lanes for Kamara. So I do like getting him. Um Nick Chubb is is in a prime spot. I mean, this this guy is going to be one of my favorite tournament plays of the week. I mean, just look at his attempts, Kev. Like he is touching the ball pretty much 20 times. So anytime I can look at a running back and get that, um, I love it. I know that his ownership is going to be so suppressed just because of what Kareem Hunt's been doing and Kareem Hunt's definitely in a good spot and has pretty much been the James White for the Cleveland Browns. So he's getting the pass catching work, but we see here that Chubb is still getting touches and against the Miami team who we've attacked all year and pretty much said anybody's in play against them. Um, I love getting to Nick Chubb at 8,100 um, when his ownership is, is going to be suppressed um saquon barkley at 7900 you know it, it is the bears defense they are on the road they're getting ingram back probably it looks like Shepard, probably it looks like so it's it's you know a good sign to see those guys practicing and maybe that helps with saquon just to try and take um take the you know uh, uh, focus off of him and so he he could have you know it could open things up with Golden Tate being there and Slayton kind of coming into the fold. Um, They're pretty good against the run, but they're allowing the third most catches to the running back position. So if we can get, you know, Danny dimes to kind of get in this range that we saw against Detroit, another team that you could target running backs against. Um, If we get in this eight, eight catch, you know, 60, 70, 80 yard range here, and he's getting some scores. I, I love Saquon in tournaments. Um, at his price as well, too. Uh, Derek Henry, he's 6,900, 69 Nice. Uh, this Jacksonville t- defense has been getting torn up and Ma- Marlon Mack was well on his way to a big game uh, last week before he got injured. Um, you, you know, you're looking at what Derek Henry's been doing. He's flirted around the 20 touch range as well, too. Kind of 15 to 20 touches is what you're getting. But the past two, I mean, look what he did against Carolina. Then in KC, we know Tennessee wants to run the ball. If they can, they will. And just kind of grind it out with Derrick Henry. So he's just not priced up high enough that I think he should be avoided. And I think people should be trying to get them into their lineups. Um, It's, you know, we talk about this. Is it a DraftKings play? He's not getting targets. So, you know, Forget about that. It was the same thing with Marlon Mack last week. It, was he in a good spot or not? Yes, he was. Okay, play him. Uh that's what I find with Derrick Henry this week. Um, and then another guy I want to touch on, Kev, before I toss it to you, is Philip Lindsay. Uh, Philip Lindsay's at 5200 he's going against Buffalo it doesn't seem like a great matchup and, and it probably is not but this Denver team has him back down and, and Philip Lindsay actually was having some big weeks at the beginning of the season you know big week against Green Bay big week against the Chargers uh, they actually had come out before uh last week and had said they want to utilize Philip Lindsay more and they and they did so they used them I think 60% of the snaps compared to uh, compared to 40% for Royce Freeman. Uh, He is quite, he is dealing with the questionable tag uh, pretty limited right now, but if he's a go and we're kind of getting that same workload from him, I do like him in tournaments because we, when Denver gets into the red zone, they are giving their running backs the ball. Um, And that's why I definitely want from DFS standpoint. So he he's going to be, I think that uh, I was trying to look. So it is an early game. I, I think that even suppresses his ownership even more so. Um, and and if that Q tag is pretty much all week until maybe Friday, we'd like to see like a full practice um, get in. Then I think he could be nice for tournaments. Kev, what's say you at running back? Where are you looking at? Where are you going um, with your builds?
1: For me, I think I think. One, Nick Chubb is in a fantastic spot. You kind of already hit on it, but he's my favorite play of the week, and uh, at the running back position, I think he could just go nuclear in this game against Miami. Um, Eighty-one hundred is a terrific price. I think it gets you off of McCaffrey. You know, if you want to get off of McCaffrey, like I think you start with Nick Chubb. Um, some of the other options that are here in this range, like Alvin Kamara, is certainly another way you could go. We know Carolina is absolutely horrendous against the run. And even though the Falcons didn't really, you know, but the Falcons haven't been run on anybody all year. So, um, but, you know, with Kamara, I think that this is an opportunity that he could, again, that he could also go off. So, I mean, I think, he, you know, being able to play either Kamara or Chubb I th- are both places you could go. Uh, James Conner, he's at 8K. He's likely out. He has not practiced all week. I think that he's going to be out. So, if, Jamie, if that happens, Jalen Samuels, even though at 7,200 it's really hard to – really want to play him, but man, I think he's going to have a big opportunity here against Cincinnati. There, there is some concern that, you know, some of the other options like a Trey or, um, uh, even a Benny Snell, if he's back this week that, you know, maybe they get more touches than, you know, and kind of limits Jalen Samuels a little bit, but Jalen Samuels at 7,200 against one of the worst defenses in the league. Cincinnati's yeah. completely given up, and to be honest with you, like, that that's how they're going to have to move the ball. Like, the Pittsburgh's not going to have Juju Smith-Schuster. They're not going to have Deontay Johnson. So, I mean, they're really going to have nobody to throw the ball to um, in this game. So, I mean, I think Jalen Samuels could end up, like we saw a couple weeks ago, where he got like 13 targets. Like, I think that could be the realm of possibility, and against a terrible defense in Cincinnati at 7200 uh, but I don't think a ton of people are going to play him because of a, lot of a lot of stuff I just said so if you wanted to play Jalen Samuels like I I don't mind that at all at 7200 it's a terrific matchup and I think this is a game that you know he could give you you know uh, I mean you're looking probably for 25 DK points at this price tag but uh, if you want to get a little bit different I think you could go there I like the Derrick Henry call, too, at 6,900. Jacksonville has not been good against the run, like you. everything you mentioned there. So, um, One of my other plays that I don't know if you talked about was David Montgomery was at 5,500. I absolutely love David Montgomery this week. I think this is a big bounce-back spot for them this week. Um, the Giants are horrific against the run. Uh, they're just a terrible defense altogether, and with... Obviously, they just haven't been able to throw the ball or get anything going there. So for David Montgomery at 5,500, like I really like that spot for him. And I think this is a, a game that he could really go off. You're not yeah. paying a huge price tag. So I like that. I like paying that at fifty five hundred. A couple other ones. I think Miles Sanders. If we find out Jordan Howard is out is out again this week, then at five k, Jordan Miles Sanders. uh, He's utilized as a pass catcher. I think that is a plus for him in a game that that I think could be relatively high scoring. And then you know, past that, you know, you already talked about Darius guys. Detroit is also horrific against the run. You know. One I'm, I'm kind of interested in, and just kind of curious about, is is Sony Michelle. Like Sony Michelle hasn't really been great this year, but at 4600, we sort of talked about. It. I mean, he has what one, two, two games all year where he scored over 20 DK points. Week five against Washington, and week seven. Um, but this, like like we kind of talked about, like this feels like a game where they're going to have to really give him a lot of opportunities and give him, and I feel like, you know, to try to get this running game going against Dallas where, you know, Dallas can be had on the ground. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, even if it keeps going, I mean, last week he did see four targets. I mean, it's not a ton, but, you know, I, I think if, you know, if he can kind of get there that, you know, Sony Michel at 4,600 could kind of be a sneaky play. Like, I mean, all you need is fifteen twenty from him and you're thrilled. So, you I do think that there's some intrigue there. And then another one who – well, two more. One is Bo Scarborough. I'm surprised he's not priced up more at 4,200. I mean, last week he saw, what, 15 attempts or 14 carries, 55 yards and a touchdown. But at 4,200, he's going to be the lead back. And, I mean, nobody else has really done anything. You have J.D. McKissick, um, who's who's the pass-catching back. But Bo Scarborough gets, gets a really bad Washington defense. I mean, forty two hundred. I mean, it's hard not to have some intrigue there with him. And then the other one is at thirty four hundred, and that's Patrick Laird um, for the Miami Dolphins. He was targeted six times last week. He's not getting much. He's not really getting any carries for him. Like one, like Kalen Balaj has been a fucking train wreck. Like, has just been awful. Like, what do you have? Nine carries and nine yards last week. He, I think he, you know, yeah. f- stumbled his way into the end zone. But just hasn't been good, so you you start to wonder like, are they going to start giving some of these other running backs an opportunity? And like Patrick Laird seems like a, that maybe could get that opportunity. I mean, that he was heavily utilized as a pass catcher, eight targets the last two weeks, and at thirty four hundred, he's not a guy that I would want to play in a ton of lineups, but you know maybe you know one off here or there. Like I don't know. Like I think I think this could be a really good spot for about thirty four hundred. And if they decided to give him more opportunities as as you know between the tackles, you know I think this could really pay off.
0: That's that's a crazy deep call, Kev. Def, definitely like that. Something to monitor there. You know, with Miami, they have some injuries that they're dealing with as well too. Uh, so so definitely something to keep an eye on there um, and see how he's going to be used. Um, Yeah, I mean, you know, running back, it it seems pretty straightforward there. Um, One guy we didn't talk about was Joe Mixon, Kev. So, you know, had that ridiculous, you know, outburst there against Baltimore where he was actually getting more run as even though they were in a blowout, uh, saw 30 30 attempts and then a couple targets, uh, put up 20 DK points, but has 17 plus in three straight games um, going against a Pittsburgh team who, who, like you said, Kev, is, is really banged up, um, banged up on defense. They're, uh, you know, Cincinnati defense can find themselves in a good spot. Give give some short fields. There's no Marquise Pouncy, so you know if Mixon is going to still be seeing the works, the workload that he's seeing, I, I think he could find himself into into some solid tournament lines. At only 5,900, what what do you think?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's, I don't think that's a terrible call, especially because, like you said, that like game script is really going to, might actually be in his favor this week. Like, with as many injuries and suspensions that, that the Steelers are facing right now, like, this is not a good team right now for the Steelers. And so, like, I don't know. Like, this could be a game where Cincinnati actually wins. You know, like, that's not crazy to say whatsoever. They're at home. So, yeah. I mean, Joe Mixon at 5,900. Like, yeah, I think that's a way you could go. I don't know if the ceiling is necessarily there, but, like, You know, at 5,900, like, I don't hate that. Yeah, so I I think that's where I would come in on him. The other one would be, what about, I mean, I don't know if you mentioned this one, but Le'Veon Bell at 6,400. Like, that's especially against the Raiders at home. The problem is, is that we just haven't seen any sort of ceiling for Le'Veon Bell. Like, last week, I mean, he gave you 17.2. He had 18 carries, you know, one touchdown, but he only was targeted two times, so... I don't know. I I felt like you know he's not seeing that that elite usage that you're kind of accustomed to seeing. We have seen weeks where he has been targeted more, or you know nine targets, uh, you know week nine, four targets week ten, and two targets last week. But a 6,400. Do you have any interest in him?
0: Yeah, it it does just feel too cheap here against the Oakland matchup. That's a that's a good call, Kev, to bring up. Um, I, I love it. I mean, you know, I think he'll be popular. I think he'll be extremely popular as the week goes on. Um, because of the price tag and, and because of how roster construction is going to dictate um and getting workload in. Um, it, the Tims are there. So it it's it's just a matter of, of how you view the Jets, I guess, right now. Because, you know, if you're playing Sam Darnold, I think it does make sense to play LeVeon as well. Too, you're probably thinking about playing him with a pass catcher, but um, Bell's probably going to get some work there in the passing game against this Oakland front. So I, I don't mind playing him there. Uh, it's probably one of the cheaper price tags that you're going to get him, um, uh, the rest of the season. So, uh, you know, by, now, um, uh, by why he's low, uh, and, and hope that it pays off. I could definitely see myself having, you know, 20 max, maybe, you know, two or three teams that have Bell on them. Uh, to kind of get that upside in a bottle. This is another game, Kev. I think where we could see, you know, some points being scored there. So uh, don't mind a little mini game stack from the Jets and Oakland side of things. If you if you're getting the right pieces. Um. So yeah. So you know, I get I guess Kev, basically for you. Um, just in what our conversations have been kind of over the course of these past couple of weeks. Is it kind of starting with trying to figure out teams that don't have Christian McCaffrey on them um, and and maybe getting to Nick Chubb and one of these other mid-price guys, or are we trying to get McCaffrey and one of these guys and just pay down everywhere else?
1: Um, I think I'll probably come in around, I'll probably come in I I don't know, like, because this is a really tough matchup for, New Orleans has been a really, a really stout run defense this year. And, I mean, I feel like if I'm New Orleans, I'm saying, all right, I'm going to double Christian McCaffrey every game. I'm going to have a spy on him everywhere he goes, and I'm not going to allow him to do anything, and I'm going to make Kyle Allen beat us. Like I said, as good as they've been against the run, like, I think I think with all the other options there are this week, like you can easily get off of Christian McCaffrey. I still will probably end up, I don't know, 30%, 40% own, uh, ownership of him, maybe a little bit higher uh, once we get closer to Saturday or Sunday. But you know, 10-5 is still a lot to pay, and he has to give you 30-plus minimum if, if you really want him to kind of uh, meet expectations. So, like I said, again, with, with Kamara, with Chubb, um, with some of these other plays that are out there, like I don't think you have to play Christian McCaffrey this week like last week was a much more like I felt like it was much more obvious to play him where this week. I think you can get
0: off of it. Yeah, I mean, I think so, too. And ownership's kind of, at this point, dictating that, uh, at least projection-wise, on fantasy pros. You got Alvin Kamara coming in at 37.2% owned. This is all DraftKings uh, ownership, by the way. Uh, Nick Chubb is right behind him with 29, then McCaffrey at 21. So, love that for McCaffrey. I'll definitely be higher than 21 um for sure Bells the 4th with 20 and then Derrick Henry rounds it out the top 5 with 20 Philip Lindsay's actually the number 5 so I'm I'm not sure if uh some touts are seeing something there or or you know the public is because Philip Lindsay's kind of just been a good play for for so many weeks earlier on in the season so maybe people are still riding on that real quick before we move on Kev uh any love for for Leonard Fournette this week 300 against Tennessee.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think if you want to go there, he just hasn't found the end zone. I think this is a game that's going to feature two teams that really just want to run the football. So, yeah, yeah, if you want to play Leonard Fournette, sure. I mean, I think you could do that. I think there's a little bit better options around him. But,
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, I mean, he's not a terrible play. Like I said, I mean, he just, with only one rushing touchdown, with only one touchdown on the season, I mean, that's kind of what's hurt him more than anything. Uh, I think they're maybe somewhat concerning, though. I guess they really kind of got their heads beat in the last two weeks that they played. But I mean, he had eleven and eight attempts, you know, the last two weeks. So, but he still he's still seeing that target share seven, six, and seven targets. So as long as he's getting that, like, I think he's he's a viable. player.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I think he's always in playing tournaments just because we know that he is the guy. So uh, you, you, you twenty maxing or you know if you're maxing out any tournament, I think you should get some exposure to him. Um, Had a pretty decent game against Tennessee when these teams first met up. So uh, he's definitely used to, you know, seeing this defense and playing them. Let's let's take it to wide receiver, Kev. And this is always my it's my favorite position to talk about because there's just so much variance. And and I love just getting into uh, the plays that are a little bit less straightforward than uh, the running back position might be and, and quarterback for that matter. So we got Michael Thomas uh, again at the top. He's 9,300 seen his price come down um, probably because of the James Bradbury matchup. Um, James Bradbury matchups legit. So, um, you know, I, I think can't guard Mike is, is pretty unguardable, but if he could, you know, if he keeps him in the, uh, you know, this 20 range that we've seen from him or just around 20, like he's not really paying off that price tag that you need to, from him in tournament. So, you know, I'd be wary of, of playing Michael Thomas heavy in tournaments just from that standpoint, Julio Jones at K, Kev, it just feels too cheap. Um, this Tampa Bay defense, we've targeted wide receivers against them. Uh, wide receiver ones, especially against them all year. And Julio Jones at 8k, you're saving 1300 off of Michael Thomas from him and has slate winning upside anytime that he's out there. Um, it it hasn't come to fruition thus far, um, with his highest point totals coming at 30, but he scored 40, he scored 50 before DK points. So, and in this matchup against Tampa Bay, as favorable as it is, like for one, if you're playing Matt Ryan. Play run it with Julio. Don't get cute and run it with just Calvin Ridley. Um, if you're playing Jameis, run it back with Julio. I, I just think Julio's in a smash spot here. Um, done pretty well in his career against them, and uh, I'll, I'll definitely have a ton of exposure to him. Tyler Lockett, he he funds himself in that weird spot. He's the third highest priced on DK. Um, he's a little bit favorable to uh, more favorable to play on Fanduel. It's a little bit easier uh, with softer pricing over there, but at 7,600, you know, if you're not, it's a good matchup against Philly, but I just, we've seen, you know, Russell Wilson is not married to any one player. So with having Hollister there, Metcalf, Josh Gordon, um, even passes going to Chris Carson, it just, I don't know if you're going to get the share from him around these other guys who are, who are around Lockett. It's a, it's a great play for tournaments, especially going Russell there. Um or or if you have Philly a Philly stack running at back with Lockett, it makes sense. But as a one-off play, I just don't know how much, if any, I'll have of him. Because Mike Evans and Chris Godwin here again at 7,300 and 7,200, love them both. Um, Atlanta secondary uh, is not great. We've been targeting guys against them as well um, pretty much all season. We've, we've seen Chris Godwin and Mike Evans break the slate, and they really haven't the past two weeks. So this could be the week that they bounce back in a favorable matchup. And you know, we were seeing 40, 39, 20 out of Mike Evans, 48, 30s from Chris Godwin. Like, if one of these guys pops, you're going to want to have them. So I'll definitely have builds with one or two or both of them in the lineup uh, just because they've been so good on the year. Love them for tournaments. Uh, OBJ, 7K, feels cheap. Uh, going against Miami, this could be a, a breakout game for him. Um, you know, still, it, it's ridiculous because he had that big play against Pittsburgh um, and really didn't do much else after that. He had that 42-yard bomb and almost scored but was stopped at the 1. Uh, and so, but, you know, 10 targets and 12 targets, 22 in the past two weeks, that's definitely, you know, something that you want to see there. Definitely Kareem Hunt's been eating into that workload, and and Jarvis Landry has really found a rapport with uh with baker as of late he's kind of banged up so we definitely want to monitor that situation but i don't mind playing jarvis landry three touchdowns in in three straight games or a touchdown in three straight games and uh he he's 6300 but when you're looking at the price tags of just 700 more for obj i think in tournaments he has the higher ceiling who else was i going to talk about uh jameson crowder's been good all year kev 6200 feels a little expensive for him but he's just been so so consistent in the numbers that he's putting up so I definitely want to try and find a way to get to him um and, and definitely in talking about the Oakland Jet stacks uh we'll definitely have some Jamison Crowder exposure there uh you touched on James, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson being banged up so we have James Washington doesn't look favorable but he's 5k and he'll be out there and he has You know, report of Mason Rudolph, who was his college quarterback, is we always like to say. So, uh, James Washington is definitely in play this week as well. Um, uh, Who else was that? Robbie Anderson uh, caught a touchdown last week, so that was nice to see. But that was his own only catch, so pretty frustrating there. But um, I I like the spot for him against Oakland. Uh, Big playability. Love trying to get him into some tournaments. So that that about. Does it for me, Kev? I think there were some other uh, plays under 4K that I kind of wanted to touch on. But when you're looking at wide receiver this week, where where are your starting points?
1: Julio uh, against Tampa Bay, 8K. It's hard not Smack. to play him. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we, we really wanted to play him last week, even though he was going up against James Bradbury. I mean, he, did, he wasn't terrible. He didn't find the end zone. So, But, I mean, he was 14.7, but, you know, eight targets, six catches, 91 yards, didn't find the end zone. But this week, I mean, feels like a week that he can absolutely go nuclear. We know it's within his, well within his range of outcomes. Um, I think making a decision, you know, trying to kind of take it a stand on either Mike Evans or Chris Godwin. I do think Mike Evans, this might be a little bit more of a Mike Evans week than a Chris Godwin week, but I think both of them are fantastic plays, uh, you know, 73 and 7,200. You know, going down further than that, like I think Allen Robinson is a, is a is a fantastic play at sixty five hundred. I don't think a lot of people are going to want to play him either, just kind of where he sits in this in this price in this price range, where people maybe would rather play Calvin Ridley or guys like that, or pay up a little bit more for like an Odell or even a Godwin or a Mike Evans. But Allen Robinson at sixty five hundred, he continues to see um, plenty of targets. This is a great matchup. You know, for them this week going against the Giants, the Giants have been awful and just have allowed everybody to kind of get going. So if you can either trust whether it's Chase Daniels or Mitchell Trubisky, or if you can stomach that, I think Allen Robinson makes a ton of sense at 6,500. DJ Shark at 6,400. He continues um, over the last four weeks. He is number two on this entire slate and weighted opportunity rating. And then he's also has forty percent of the market or market share of air yards as well, so while seeing twenty eight percent of targets. So, I mean, it's hard. I mean, DJ Shark it makes for a fine play in this price range at what is he sixty four hundred? Yeah, yeah sixty four hundred. I think I think that is if you're not wanting to pay up at wide receiver, kind of starting at DJ Shark, um, you can do that. DK Metcalf is tough because he's sixty three hundred, and then you really have to wonder how much more you know, you know with Tyler Lockett now playing. Um, in this game and then also the emergence of Josh Gordon now you know after getting another week you know coming off a bye to kind of get acclimated into this offense you know how much more opportunities is DK Metcalf going to get now I think if this is more of a shootout game in Philadelphia then this is where things could get interesting and you know where guys like DK Metcalf who have game-breaking ability and can hit a home run and to come into a little bit more play um, I would love to play Cortland Sutton just because of as much opportunities he's getting. However, I just don't think I would want to do that with Trederius White, who is likely going to shadow him. But I, I some of the other ones I do like is Jamison Crowder at 6,200. He's seeing a heavy amount of targets. Marvin Jones at 6,100. We sort of talked about in this matchup. If you want to build a stack where it's Driscoll, Marvin Jones, I think you could run it back with Terry McLaurin, but you know, they're just not seeing as much opportunity. Um, And then uh, Tyrell Williams going against at at 5,900 going against the Giants. I know I feel like I'm naming everybody, but this range is I think is kind of a pretty solid range of of wide receivers where you can kind of get that, that ceiling but also not pay as much up. You know, if you want to pay down, like I don't love the 5K range as much. You know, there's players like Devontae Parker who, you know, finally had a kind of a really big week last week where he had, you know, targeted 10 times for 135 yards. But if you look, I mean, since Preston Williams has been out, I mean, he's seen 20 targets. He just hasn't found the end zone. And if he can find the end zone against this defense that has struggled to stop the pass, like, I mean, Devontae Parker at 5,200, isn't really out of the, uh, you know, isn't really out of the question. Um, absolutely love the Robbie Anderson call. I like that at 4,800. He's really been awful outside of, you know, last week we did find the end zone, but other than that, like you said, but he is somebody that has that home run hitting ability. Uh, You know, he's somebody that could give you three for a hundred, you know, a touchdown and at 4,800, like, I think you have to really like that. Um, so I do like him. And then, you know, if there's some other guys like Corey Davis or Chris Conley, if you're looking for savings at wide receiver, um, I think you could go there, but other than that, you know, or an Anthony Miller who seems to be getting more involved in that offense. But um, past that, like I think that's kind of what I meant. Or you know, the other one I guess we we didn't talk about would be Nikhil Harry. Um, If Mohamed Sanu and and Philip Dorsett end up being out, Nikhil Harry is only thirty three hundred. They're gonna have to throw the ball to somebody outside of Julian Edelman and James White. So Nikhil Harry could see a little bump in targets this week. So at thirty three hundred, like I don't hate that either.
0: No, that that's interesting. I was gonna say, uh, is is Myers dead, or is he getting run at all? He only had one target. He, he got uh, jumped.
1: He got jumped in uh, the 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 uh, depth chart last week, where uh, Nikhil Harry was running as a wide receiver three, and Myers only. I think he only played one snap, one or two snaps.
0: Yeah, he had two targets. So when he, it, you know, it was one or two. He was when he was out there. He was getting looks. Um, so they were definitely designed plays, but. Um, it, it, you know, it's going to be interesting to monitor, monitor that situation. Philip Dorsett, if he ends up playing, he's 4,100, and there's no Muhammad Sanu. We, we've seen Brady lean on him before um earlier this season uh, when he was out. He could definitely, you know, have some upside there if he's fully healthy. Um, This Dallas D is not one that we've attacked, again, with wide receivers, but they're going to find looks and ways to, to get – the players who are out there involved, and so at forty one hundred, I, I don't mind set there in the later game. To his ownership should be really suppressed this week. Um, the wh- the other guy I was going to talk about, what, and it made me think of it when you when you brought up uh, Alan Robinson was Taylor Gabriel at what is he forty something? He's forty six. Uh, he's been forty two. He's been. Uh, Trubisky's security blanket pretty much and you're looking at last week he saw 14 targets which was high for him I believe but you know still six six target range six target range seven targets um two two as well so there's definitely you know the floor is non-existent but he does have some some upside here um in this offense if he's able we saw the three touchdown game against Washington uh earlier on this season on Monday Night Football so if he's able to connect with if Mitchell is able to connect with him, I should say um, he could definitely pay off that price tag and I would probably get to him uh, more so than I would get to a Rob as weird as that sounds just because how pricing is this week and, and what I want to do with my build. So I'd I always try and look for the cheaper, cheaper wide receiver who has the same or, or close to the same amount of upside as their counterpart does. And then lastly, Kev, before I just I want to kind of get who your favorite plays are at this position. But Tim Patrick, um, I think you brought him up uh, last week and uh, he saw eight targets, four catches for 77 yards. Again, this is Buffalo. So and this game is ugly. I think they have it at 70 or 37. I mean, 37 and a half over under right now. But, you know, if he if he's running out there uh, and he's good to go, he's three K minimum. On DK, I can't, you know, fault somebody for for wanting to try and get Tim Patrick um, into some lineups. It, You know, I, I don't know what the upside is, I guess. But if you're building some cash teams and you're like, hey, I want to get all these studs in and I need some salary relief. Tim Patrick might be a guy that you could look to um, in order to do so. Who? So let's just. Break it down with uh, – there's there's three wide receiver slots on, on DK, Kev. Um, so if Price wasn't an issue, who would be your three favorite wide receivers that you would feel comfortable with that would end up, you know, let's just say you're projecting them to be in the top five scoring at the position this week? Who would those guys be for you?
1: I mean, if we're not talking – if we're not taking Price into consideration.
0: Uh, yeah, I guess, we, I guess we do have to. It's just It's just hard to kind of dictate the lineup. With, you, with your builds. But but who are you? Let, let maybe maybe we'll say this. Maybe give me uh, uh, who's your who's your favorite wide receiver over 7K, who's your favorite kind of mid-tier wide receiver, and then who's your favorite chief?
1: I, I think it would probably be, oh, man, it would be a toss-up between Julio and Mike Evans, but I think I'd give the edge to, to Julio. My favorite mid-tier would probably be Allen Robinson or DJ Shark, but I'd probably lean towards Allen Robinson.
0: And my favorite uh, cheap one is Robbie Anderson. Yeah, uh, I think yeah, I think my, my favorite one at, at the bottom is Robbie Anderson. There, uh, I do like Jamison Crowder, but I, I you know take the cheaper one of the two there. Uh, I, I'm probably I'm probably going to go go back to the well um, with Terry McLaurin again. I had a lot of them last week. I've been playing them all season long. Um, I, he would probably be the one that I that I try and get to. Um, because I just, I just love his ability. So hopefully Haskins can get it together, but for tournaments, that's probably where I would lean in. And yeah, Julio at the top for me, but if it was seven K and above, uh, I would, I would be trying to get over the field and and heavy overweight on Odell this week because it's a Miami spot and it it just feels right. Um, if he's, if he's, he's got the growing injury, but if he's going to suit up and play, love him. If he's out, uh, That's wheels up for Jarvis Landry and you got to jam them into all your team. Uh, Let's move on to tight end, Kevin, and, and discuss what we have here. Um, We don't have Arizona on this slate to target, which is frustrating, but we got the next best thing, um, which is Tampa Bay. And now we have Austin Hooper, who's been dealing with injury, but, and he's questionable. He was held out of practice today, but if he somehow comes back, I know he's priced up. He's the highest price at 6200 But in tournaments, I'd definitely be looking to get some exposure to him um, in a favorable matchup. Uh, Evan Ingram, he's doubtful, it looks like. He's not participating either. Uh, but there's no Red Ellison. We've already been told that. So... If he somehow is able to go 5,200 for Evan Ingram seems a little bit too cheap. Jacob Hollister at 43, he's probably going to be a starting point for me. I mean, you're just looking at what's happened in this offense here um, over the past two weeks. And and he's just been fine, not only finding the end zone, but he's been getting open on plays. And Russell Wilson's been looking for him. So at 4,300, I definitely like getting exposure to him. Ryan Griffin comes in at 4,200. He's been he's been awesome. Uh, we thought that Chris Herndon was going to be the guy. We were all wrong. Uh, as Chris Herndon's been dealing with injuries, Brian Griffin stepped in and pretty much taken over. Uh, you know, went five for one hundred nine last week against Washington. Uh, didn't do much against uh, the Giants there, but there was uh, you know a couple a couple uh, tight ends they were running out. But six, uh, eight targets against Miami, four against Jacksonville. Um, so his catch rate's solid. Uh, And if he, you know, if he finds the end zone, he's paying off that price tag. Greg Olson at 4,100 is right behind as well, too. So this is I'm living in the 4K range at tight end this week because I love all these guys. Um, Greg Olson's been been definitely a security blanket for Kyle Allen and Kyle Allen struggled mightily last week was. Just the pits and really cost people a lot of money, yours truly. Um, but, you know, in this bounce back spot here, I, I feel like he's going to be forced to to throw once again against New Orleans in the dome uh, there. So I, I like Greg Olson. Um, no offense. I feel like it's chasing and especially going against Buffalo, seeing those 10 targets last week against Minnesota. Minnesota's actually. Quietly been a terrible team against the tight end position, really allowing a lot of uh, uh, catches and targets to that position too. So it, it really shouldn't have been any surprise that Noah Fant saw work there. Uh, Dallas Goddard again at that 3,700. He's cheap with the role that he has. Um, it, you know, it, it, it seems like him and him and Zach Ertz are battling weeks, and and both of them can't be good together, but just the way that their offense is set up and with the injuries they've had at the wide receiver position they, they can both be viable they both went for double digit DK points last week against New England I think they'll have to you know they'll rely on Carson Wentz to rely on both of them again uh, this week and so at 3700 it really opens up a lot of your builds and you you know you you can count on him being out there in some uh in some sets. Uh, so that's nice. I think in, in Joku, he's 3,500. Uh, it looks like they're not going to reinstate him. I saw that he was eligible to come back. So that's why I wanted to bring him up. Um, And then, you know, the Tampa Bay tight ends. It's just I can't trust these guys. I mean, OJ Howard. I can't trust them. I, I really can't. And Cameron Brake, I it's just not—it's not good. So I don't know if I'll be running out these guys at all. But I, I think people will try and justify getting exposure to them on some Jameis builds. So, Kev, what what are you seeing at tight end here? And, and maybe hope oh, you know I, one guy I didn't talk about was uh um oh my God Darren Waller here. So in Oakland against uh, going against the Jets. So talk to me about tight end and, and who you like and. Maybe there's somebody who I missed on that you're interested in.
1: Yeah, and if you if you can figure out a way to do it, getting up to Zach Ertz at 6K. Love him as a play this week. He has started to get more involved in the offense. Uh, they're running a ton of 12 personnel. Uh, he's had 22 targets each for the last two weeks. Um, I mean, it's hard not to love him, but... You know, I, I think you could get if you wanted to, you could get leverage and just play Dallas D- or play Dallas Goddard at thirty seven hundred as well. But yeah, I, I think Earths at six K is, is a terrific starting point. Um, you know, Ryan Griffin smashed last week, at you know he was went from twenty nine hundred to forty two hundred. Uh, targeted five yeah. times, one hundred nine yards at a touchdown. We've seen this before from him. So if you wanted to play Ryan Griffin, you definitely could do that at forty two hundred. Though he is more expensive than what you were getting from him last week. Um if you want to pay down at tight end, like I think you start with Ben Watson. We sort of talked about with, you know, them possibly being without a lot of players. Like I think you could see Tom Brady really lean on Ben Watson. Uh, he's been okay. I mean, the last couple of weeks, he had five targets week nine for 28 yards and then four targets last week for 52 yards. Um, you know, 17, uh 17.3 yards per reception, which is, you know, pretty solid to see. He just hasn't found the end zone, but, you know, 31 or. 3100 Ben Watson I think is super interesting as well. Um past that like I guess if you wanted to get like super cute and play like a uh, $2600 Scott Simonson from the Giants if they're going to be out without both of them it sounds like he's going to start.
0: I um, knew it was coming.
1: Well, I mean he's I mean he's 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 going to be out there, right? And I don't know. I mean I guess there's also Caden Smith who they have. Uh, he did play 41 of 72 offensive snaps in the week 10 against the Jets. But, um, you know, si- Simons is they say, he's supposed to start. He played last year. I think he had like eight catches or nine nine receptions, 86 yards and a touchdown last year. But I-, I don't love it. I don't think it's a ton of upside. But if you're looking to save some money at 2,600 or even a Caden Smith, if you feel like if, he gets, you, know, if you can find something on him or how much opportunity he may get at 2,500, you know, I think those are two places you could go if you really want to kind of get cute. Dawson Knox at 3K as well. Um, you know, is yeah. quietly involved in the offense as well. You know, not a huge target share, 6-3 and three the last two weeks. Did find the end zone last week. So, you know, yeah. I think that's kind of where I'll be. But I'll pretty much – most of my ownership is going to go between Bid Watson, maybe some Vance McDonald with, you know, playing Cincinnati. And, again, you know, they're a team that's without a lot of pieces. So, you know, Vance McDonald at 3,500. And then, like I said, uh, I'll try to figure out a way to get in some uh, Zach Ertz.
0: Yeah, Vance McDonald, seven targets in three straight games here. And and with the injuries that are happening, we, we know that, uh, I mean, guys got hands and he's got upside if he's finding the end zone there. Week two against Seattle. So uh, it, in cash, I think that Vance McDonald is going to be one of the more popular plays here um, on the slate. And and it makes sense why. So uh in GPPs, I'll probably be looking for pivots, maybe, maybe Goddard to my pivot off of Vance McDonald or uh Hollister as I was referring to. But if you're if you're playing cash, it might just make sense to just lock and love Vance McDonald and not even think about it. Um anything else, Kev, that you have for the people before we move on to defense. No, I think that's it. All right, so let's move on to defense and close it out. And so with low totals on the slate um, is going to bring, uh, you know, some, some ownership. It's going to bring interesting ownership for, for the defensive, from the defensive perspective. And, and we're seeing here, you know, no defense is priced under 2K now um, on this week. So we're, we're getting them priced more, more aligned and more close together. Uh, so when we're looking at defense, um, for me, you know, lions at, at 3,100 is probably where I'm starting, um, against Dwayne Haskins there, uh, you know, it's, they've kind of been off and on with the pressure that they've been receiving and just got blown up by, by Dallas at home. But the way that Haskins has been playing, I I gotta believe that we can, you know, get some turnovers here for, for the lions defense and, And, you know, hopefully you're able to see some of this pressure as we've seen with them getting, you know, three or five sacks um, in some of these games on the year. So, so that's where, what I'm hoping for. Atlanta is going to be extremely popular after the week they put on and and with Jameis on the other side, turning the ball over. I I think a lot of people are going to go back and, and chase there with Atlanta. So I'm looking for pivots off of that. So, I mean, for me, it's going to be, you know, can i can i talk myself into playing the bills at 3400 who seem too cheap um, against uh, against Brandon Allen there. Well, yeah, when you're looking at the sack pressure that they've been able to get um, getting 10, 5, 8 and 4, no problem taking in the bills for $100 less or paying up to get the likes of the of the Bears here. If we are getting the Giants as banged up as they are, this Bears defense has actually been pretty decent. Um, and we know that they like to force turnovers. So, you know, five points, eight points, four points, four points, uh, six points, four points, 17 at home, uh, nine at home against Green Bay, six at home against uh, New Orleans. It's, it's frustrating because they haven't been able to get to the quarterback. And that's really, you know, what we want to see. But they have been aggressive. Um, and so, you know, playing in front of this home crowd, hopefully that they can. Um, you're hoping you see that. Pittsburgh at 4K, I'm not going to talk anybody out of playing them. They are the highest price, but Cincinnati, come on. I mean, the way that Pittsburgh is getting pressures and attack, um, this game could get ugly, so we could see a double-digit performance here from the Pittsburgh D. Kev, what say you for for defense here? And is there any – I know you like to pay down. Is there anybody in the lower 2K range that you can uh, talk yourself into playing?
1: Oh, for sure. The Bengals at 2100 is going to be missing all these pieces on offense. Who Who's actually going to be doing all the work here? Yeah, I think Cincinnati at 2,100. Uh, Mason Rudolph could certainly be prone to turn the ball over. You know, they're not going to have Juju. They're not going to have Deontay Johnson. So, I mean, they're going to be out there running James Washington and a bunch of nobody's out there. No James Conner. I mean, yep. uh, they're going to be missing pieces along their offensive line because of a suspension. So, you know, allow them to get more pressure on the quarterback, you know, which – could cause turnover so 2100 cincinnati Bengals defense like i i'm about that life i think you know a couple other ones the jets at 2700 uh the jets defense you know has put together a few really solid weeks this year they have week 10 they put they well last week they put up 9 16 against the giants uh 16 against the patriots and 18 against buffalo at 2700 they're, they're, they are at home they've They've been able to get pressure on the quarterback. They have uh, 12 sacks over the last two weeks. So, yeah, I mean, I think if you want to play the Jets at 2,700, uh, I do like that. And then if you wanted to pay up, I I guess the Bears are certainly a way you could go at 3,700. Daniel Jones certainly, I think he has a fumble and uh, has a lost fumble at every single game this year. Certainly can, you know, be. you know, turnover prone, so which could lead to a, you know, pick six or a fumble recovery for a touchdown. So $3,700 Bears and then maybe like the Bills or something like that. But um, I do like the Lions call as well. But yeah, I think that's kind of where I'd be is probably Bears if I wanted to pay up, Jets in that mid tier range, and then Bengals.
0: Yeah, I'm probably going to try and find, uh, I mean, most of my, yeah, I mean, Bill, I love Bills at 3400 Um, I'll probably, you know, talk myself into playing the Bears, even though it feels kind of risky. But I'll talk myself into playing them at 3,700. Uh, and then, you know, before we wrap up, Kev, it's Patriots defense against at home going against Dallas. Um, you know, Dak's not a quarterback that takes a lot of sacks. Um, we have seen him, you know, fumble. Uh, we we have seen him kind of make mistakes there, throwing throw interception. And this defense has just been so aggressive. They are at home. It's thirty three hundred. It's one of the lower price tags we've seen on them, and we know that they can pay off just based off of the history that we've seen. I know you're you've talked about Dak and getting him on lineups, but can you get to some Patriots D as well at thirty three
1: hundred? I mean, it's a great price tag for him for sure. But I mean, yeah, if you if you if you had enough money, and you want to play them, sure. I just I don't know. Like I just think there's a little bit better plays. That are um, a little bit cheaper than, them. like I said, I think the lines, like the one you mentioned with them, I think that's a better play. I think even the Saints, who are thirty three hundred, the same price. Uh, Kyle Allen has been a turnover machine lately, and so you know they are at home as well with tough place to play. So you know thirty three hundred dollars Saints is also uh, pretty enticing as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely agree with you there, Kev. Yeah, so that's good. That's that's it. That's the slate in a nutshell. That's Week Twelve. It's going to be it's going to be a fun one, especially for tournaments. Um, as I've heard a lot uh, of touts in the industry already talk about how rough of a week it is. So, so definitely get your tournament exposure there. Be smart with your core builds. Um, definitely try and you know just talk yourself into some scenarios that can pay off with these low total games here. A lot of ownership is going to be on the higher on the more interesting games. So if you like, you know, one-off pieces and these other games that aren't going to have much, if any at all exposure, then uh, definitely find a way to get, to get some of that going, but it's week 12. And it's that time we're at the end of the pod and we are going to build our Millie maker team here, back up to $20 Millie to first, we got 170,000 76,000 entrants in it, and Kevin and I are gonna build our MillieMaker DK team right about now. And Kevin, I think I dictated last week how we would do our build. So it's gonna be on you here to kind of start it off and let us know what we're doing here with our build for the DJ nation. We've had we've had uh, some success over over this year, the past couple of weeks. We we've been we've been on a roll. Um, I think last week, I'm going to pull it up while you're thinking about the play, but um, it was a rough, it was just a rough week all around. We did have Kyle Allen, but we played Ryan Griffin. We played Debo Samuel, even with the news of Sanders coming back. Uh, Had Jets D, that was fine. Um, Brian Hill kind of, kind of hurt us. We did play Julio that week too, that hurt us. Um, And then we had McCaffrey, but. We, we cashed, and that, that's what we're going for. When we're not hitting the milli, Uh we just want to make sure we're seeing green. So, Kev, talk to us this week. What are we doing?
1: Let's just start this one off with Nick Chubb.
0: Love it. We both like him, so it makes a lot of sense to plug in Nick Chubb and then see what we can do. Um, and a player that we both like, and, and we'd both be kicking ourselves if he went off and we didn't have him. Let's see what we can do with Julio as well, too. Talk to me, Kev. Where are we at?
1: Oh, I thought you heard me. I said let's go with Sam Darnold, 5,800.
0: Oh, my bad, my bad. No, I didn't hear you. But love that because uh, we can run that back with Robbie Anderson. So I'm going to put him in now at 4,800. So right now we got Sam Darnold, Nick Chubb, Julio Jones, and Robbie Anderson, uh, 4,600 left per player. Uh, still got a running back spot, wide receiver, tight end flex.
1: I'm going to go David Montgomery, 5,500.
0: So we got Nick Chubb and David Montgomery as our running backs there. Um can we do here? with... The- we didn't talk about Ted Ginn, I don't think. He's 4K. I don't mind him in the matchup. I'm going to put uh, Dallas Goddard in at 3,700, though. Save us some salary. Carolina New Orleans game, I think, is interesting. That's why I looked up Ted Ginn.
1: We got David Montgomery. I'm going to go Bears defense at 3,700.
0: Okay. So we got Bears there. Got 5,200 left per player. Gonna be hard to get.
1: You know what we could do? So if you want to play either Godwin or Evans, we could go double tight end, and 3,100 leaves us enough that we could play um, Ben Watson at 3,100.
0: I don't think that's – I like playing double tight end when it's like Kittle and Ertz or something like that and we can get some exposure. What, what What about trying to get Bell in here in the flex and then 4K at wide receiver? We could, even, we could even go cheaper at tight end, too, to make something work. Most of you thought about a build all year, Kev. I love it.
1: I guess if we wanted to. So we could drop down from the Bears defense and not play Bears and play. I could go to the Broncos because I don't mind that against Buffalo. And then if we could either keep Goddard or you, we could go down to Watson and that would leave you 5K in the flex. So play Broncos and
0: who at wide receiver?
1: Well, we could So, I, and that's with keeping Mike Evans. I'm sorry if you wanted to do that. Or if you don't want to play my uh, buck wide receiver, if you don't want to do that, I guess, really, then if we wanted to, if you still wanted to go the left Bell route, I just don't know if that's that's pretty contrary to play three Jets. <laughs> this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor
0: might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding